Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. And what I did is I packed into that one phrase, one word, was actually an entire paragraph, I packed all the kind of loathing and contempt <laughs> that I hold for all musicians into this one thing about Steve Harley. One and apparently it had an absolutely fantastic effect. <laughs> uh, the repercussions were all time. over Radio 2. I'm hoping that I can maybe get a campaign, I've got ahead of Steve now, try and get Steve Harley taken off the air and banned from ever performing live. What kind of feedback did you get on it? Oh, well, just it caused a lot of problems yeah. because, you know, I'm going to a long, boring story about it. It was Radio 2's idea, obviously, that you should go on and promote a Radio 2 event. Yeah. Hello, here's my first Here's a loaded gun. <laughs> I'm going to shoot myself. Actually, in the foot. Badly hobbled. <laughs> Steve Harley, for God's sake. There, he must be stopped. So, welcome. Steve, can I just stop you now? Steve Harley I'm, must be stopped. I don't mind Steve Harley. Steve you, Harley. You, how can you not mind? Can I tell, tell, shall I tell you why? Steve shall I tell you why? Steve Harley has reinvented himself of late yeah, as in an expert what? in a field you never would have suspected that he would be an expert is in. Geological music. music. No. Folk music. <laughs> Which is. The horses. The horses. The Gigi's. There is actually a a very successful horse, I don't know if it's a flat racer or what, called Cockney Rebel, which he has some kind of of involvement with, and he knows all about horse racing. And so he combines his kind of touring activity with going to catch the 230 Utoxeter and have a small investment (laughs) on the turf. That really annoys me, actually. Because now you like him, don't you? No, because I've got to respect... Did I tell you, by the way, my brother-in-law's horse? Oh, come on, we want to know about this. My brother-in-law's horse. What's the name? It's called And But it wasn't pronounced like that by the New Zealand commentator, right? (laughs) Who called it Sailagear. Sailagear. As if it was a Matalo, (laughs) Johnny Matalo. All right, coming up on the stand side now on the cheap seat, Sailagear. Sailagear's making headway. Sailor Gear's making the run. Okay, is this our horse no, or not? Sailor Gear. Anyway, my brother-in-law has only got won 700,000 New Zealand dollars. Which is, let me which just is break that down. How much is that? Let me break it down. All right, pounds. you have to take a wheelbarrow of this stuff to the corner shop to buy a pepper. No, that's a match. No, you don't. So, he's won 180,000 pounds. Divided by the four owners, so we're down to 45 already, and quite a lot of that's got to go back into bloody horse 
feed, isn't it? <laughs> Stable boy. And fl- but the point flying is, flying the creature also, out to New Zealand. Flying the well, no, it lives in New Zealand, but he's oh, right. like hit the creature being him to go out there and have a couple of large scoops and watch his old nag romping <laughs> home. <laughs> it is pretty good. So, is it? it running in in the UK? Look can out! We, for can we invest in Sailor Gear? Look out for Sailor Gear. It's called Sailor Gear. So, all this, the word podcast, the word podcast now includes racing tips. Racing tips. Like today, Harley, as a regular. Nick Brooksy Brooks as a regular. And as a as a racing tip, I also checked um, on that the horror, the horse, the horror that ran. Oh right, the oh, horror! Yeah. Yeah, it came second, didn't it, when it ran? I don't I think it was so. placed. Was it? I think it was uh, placed. I the horror. It, I think it was imitating a winner lot near you, actually. <laughs> 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 I can't tell my horse racing joke. Tell your horse racing. Tell the At this point, it's really pathetic. It's really no. I'm going to lie. I first learned this joke when I was about eight years old, but it still makes me laugh. You know, the horse. Uh, that, that that loses regularly, and the owner keeps threatening it that uh, you know if, if you continue to lose, you'll be pulling the milk cart. You know, in the following <laughs> morning, you know, g- gives this horse the hard word that this yeah. is what's going to happen, and it goes on, keeps on losing. And the one day it's it in a race, and it. it's coming about sixth, and it's being whacked by the jockey. You know, giving it a piece <laughs> of its mind and his whip, and the horse turns to the jockey and says, "Can you can you calm down? I've got to be up early in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it makes you know, so you're good with that. Half a dozen eggs as well. So this is a word podcast. Can we coming tell from a, a couple slight... of circus jokes? Okay, we'll keep that thing. Can I just do this? Kate can tell hers. In, in case anybody doesn't know what so they're listening what? to. Yeah. This is the word podcast, which has moved slightly different location this week, which may account for the slightly better sound. Oh, We've so. moved around the corner. I've been to Chapel Market. I have to tell you, it's half past nine in the morning, okay? I've been to Chapel Market to get a cup of coffee at the, at the one posh outlet in Chapel Market. Yeah, I went there as well. Where somebody was buying a cup of coffee with a credit card, right? And on my way there, I, there. on my way there, I passed the Alma, the market pub, where they were already buying oh. pints of lager. Half past nine in the morning. Is that Rob Fitzpatrick? <laughs> <laughs> That's Rob, but he's waiting for I mean, a big old scoop of Cronenberg. Yeah. So I'm taking take off, please. <laughs> take away. <laughs> I'm joined. I'm David Hepworth. I'm joining the pod this week by uh, Matt Hall at the controls. Say hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. Uh, to Mark Allen, who you've already heard racing Greetings. tips from. Yes. Uh, and a new girl, Kate Mossman. Say hello, Kate. Hello. All right. Uh, right. So uh, we are all right. Circus, circus stories. Go on. Can I mean, Kate. Well, uh, Kate's got a couple of very funny circus jokes, Ooh. and I think they're funny because she was telling them while a photograph was taken of the word staff, in uh, which came out. Of the, was it our current issue? Whatever yeah, it was, yeah, that's current issue. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, or one, I'll tell one. You yeah. can tell the other. Oh, I thought. It was I think we've funny. got three between. Oh, the three. Three's got three. Circus yeah. joke special. Yeah. One was how do you kill a circus? Go straight for the juggler. <laughs> one was. Uh, did you hear about the the clown who got sacked? He sued for funfair dismissal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the rag mag coming back. What about a cannibal? Oh, it's one of the cannibal. Oh, that's an old one. It's Mark Radcliffe's favourite joke of all time. I must admit, I think I can't think of a better joke, which is two cannibals eating a clown. One says to the other one, "Does this taste funny to you?" Can I? Well, oh, we've got, now got two near. I've got to tell. I've got to tell. Duck decorator. Over the quacks. I've got to tell the joke about two rhinos going through the jungle. Oh, cool. One in front, one behind in a line. And yeah. They just walk in and walk in and walk in. And eventually the one in front stops. Hurt, yeah. So the one in one behind <laughs> stops. And the one in front turns around to the one behind and says, Do you know, I can't help thinking it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you never see that joke. Yeah. 
see that coming, did you? Oh, I can only tell that joke in front of Mark Allen because he's so forgiving. Oh, I love it. He laughs at, you know, just about everything. So, Kate, as a, as a way to introduce you to, to people who haven't heard you on the podcast before, we started a new initiation technique. It's not, you know, it's not as bad as the England rugby team. You don't have to drink a pint of a, you know, aftershave or, or anything like that. No, England rugby team. Rob Fitzpatrick. Really drunk. Yeah, in the and then sing a song. Sing a song. And then you've got to sing Wonderwall, apparently. <laughs> so anyway, Kate, um, what records did your mum and dad have when you were growing up? Okay, um, I would say Hegira was the big one. <laughs> see, there you wow. go. That tells did you, you know like, that was wow. coming? No, you see, because mostly, you know, mostly we, we sort of go, oh, Vera Lynn, you know, we're like, <laughs> yeah. we had a record, Glenn Miller, you know, but go on, you're a slightly different yeah. vintage, go on. I'm a different vintage, um, Graceland. Right. Anything sort of... Graceland. Yeah. So how old were you when Graceland came out? Uh, I think it came out in 1986. So it did, indeed. six years old. Oh, my God. Oh, no. That's, it's, it's, what's depressing about that is I remember we were the entry of Q magazine. We wrote a big article about it. Did you like it? That makes me sound Graceland. Really old. I wrote the review, Graceland. You wrote the review. <laughs> We've done this story. I did listen to it. I listened to it. great deal. Now, this question of whether we listen to records or not takes us straight to the, the burning issue of the day, which Mark wants to have a heated debate about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, for the, for the benefit of anybody who missed this story, and there can't be any, you know, there must be people sitting on top of a telegraph pole who missed the story somehow, um, that American Lads magazine Maxim. University Commons reviewed the their long-awaited <coughs> uh, new Black Crows album, which I think is called War Paint. Is that right? Warpath, yeah, Warpath. Um, War very Warpath. sweet, long-awaited, very sweetly there. Um, <laughs> uh, reviewed it uh, without actually hearing it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was just one, the, just one of those actual capsule reviews. I think they probably yeah. heard the single or something. Yeah, if it was a lead, it would be pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know how, do, you know many, do you know how many stars they gave it? How many stars did two and a half. They gave it two and a half out of five, I assume. <laughs> Which I think it says a lot about reviewing it, about the, the pointlessness of star ratings. Because yeah. what, what, what happens is everything ends up with two and a half. You yeah. know? If you don't want to say anything meaningful yeah. about a record, yeah. either it's wonderful or it's terrible. And you, you just want to hedge your bets, you say two you and a half. You don't want to lose all your advertising by saying one star. You don't want to look really sad by saying five Yeah, stars. although, so to be fair, I don't think Maxim were probably waiting for any adverts on, on a thing like that. Anyway, their manager you know, provided for once in his life with just about enough soil to build up to make a little bit of high ground. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> lovely yeah. view from up here. Yes, yeah, suddenly <laughs> decides that he's... tiny, distant Maxim magazine. He's going <laughs> to vent his spleen <laughs> on the entire journalistic profession and say, what a disgraceful betrayal what a of what of what <laughs> to, to review this record without, without hearing it. And uh, I said on, on the website, wordmagazine.co.uk, that actually, you know, speaking as somebody who's put in a fair amount of time at the coal face of reviewing records, short, long, plain old fancy singles or long players, I would hold that it is perfectly possible ah. to review... There's a Black a Crow's record. Between saying perfectly possible and that it's something that you should do regularly. You mean? Oh, like, I didn't say. I didn't say it was. I don't think. Jay, I read. You did your, not read it. Mark I read your entry on the Word website www.wordmagazine.co.uk. I was horrified and shocked and stopped. <laughs> so I said, I couldn't believe it was the same David Hepworth I'd known all these years, and I thought was a friend. <laughs> 
I thought I respected so right now Mark this man you pulled right. out your Christmas card list and I you crossed cried, the I crossed, I'm bullied, crossed <laughs> and scrunched him off the list I challenge you Mark Allen I challenge you I challenge you right here and now okay yeah I, I want you to say. imagine that you're going to write, yeah, yeah. review, no, no, a short no, review. No, Hold on a second. No, just, 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 no, you're not going to stop me. You're not going to stop me. Okay? Short review <laughs> right here and now. Here and now. Let me speak, Diggle. Short review, 50 words, okay? Yeah. Of the next Paul McCartney album. I can do it off the top of my head, Dave, but that's the point. I choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> I choose not to. I'll be absolutely How could you, 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 you do it? How could you do it? I will tell you that in the past, Dave, I once did a bad thing. I'll be absolutely straight with you. For New Musical Express, and I'm sorry to anybody who might have read it, I wrote a review of the Jefferson Starship's appearance at Nebworth Festival, supporting Genesis, preceded by Devo. Before it happened. When I, com- I complained before it happened. You're not far off, actually. What I actually did, I moaned about Grace Slick's appalling vocal performance. And the honest <laughs> truth was... See, that's bad. I wouldn't do that. Why? You know what well, Because you can't you? complain about a performance because you haven't heard it. didn't turn up. <laughs> oh! Excellent. She didn't turn up. Now, what actually happened was, I'd had a couple of scoops with my old pals, right? And my old pals who were not rock critics. I was working, David, an old laminate stuck on my, on my jacket. Mm-hmm. And I was backstage taking notes, you know, busking around, talking to members of Devo, getting the facts and figures. But trouble is, by about nine o'clock at night, I was quite well refreshed, actually. <laughs> I felt like I'd get my head down. So I thought, what I'll do is... Have a little ziz while the, while the Jefferson Starship are on, and I'll wake up for the mighty Genesis. Truth was, I, I got my head down about it, but I didn't wake up at all. <laughs> so I had to review Genesis, and just I haven't not seen it. And I unfortunately said that Grace Slick turned in a very disappointing performance. She didn't turn up. She's you still see, in Germany. You see, but you see, she was I, in a sulk, didn't come to well, network. Well, I, think, I think there are ways bad. to avoid getting into that trap. Not that I would suggest that any young fledgling hacks, you know, who are doing a master's degree in magazine hackery down the road at the City <laughs> University, or whatever. Not worth the paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about media degrees <laughs> later on. It's spelt paper, um, it's brilliant. I wouldn't suggest that anybody do it, but it is perfectly possible. What you did was you made the fatal mistake of saying she put in a poor performance, you see. Whereas if you made a few general remarks Standing about Jeff's and play... Balancing on the fence in the middle, then you'd be all right. You'd be all right, you just avoid... Yeah. You know, as as no doubt nobody's read this Maxim Black Crow's review, but I can't I'll probably recite yeah. it to you yeah. right now. It won't say track five is a disappointment. No, because they haven't heard track five. The honest truth is, if I'd said that Grace Slick was stunning, <laughs> Grace Slick's uh, learned friends would not have come back to me at all. They would be yeah. thrilled with the review, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> even though she wasn't in the country at the time. So if, if Maxim had gone to town on the Black Crow's record and said it's fantastic, now back, yeah. back, back, it's so exciting. No, what I no bugger would have complained that? at all. Where, where I take issue with your um, very illuminating, you well pointed, well <laughs> uh, very, very erudite, uh, brilliantly expressed uh, ventilations of viewpoint on the way to was it sounded like you were always saying it's kind of possible, and you know, but people do it all the time, and obviously yeah, yeah. it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. I said it's perfectly it's possible. possible. It's a bad thing. It's perfectly possible. I want you to admit now, here on record, on oath. <laughs> That you think it's a bad thing. I tell you, when you've written... You're not, with respect, you're not answering my question. The short review of the kind... Did you or did you not imply that it was not a bad thing? I didn't imply that at all. Right. You go and read it. I didn't, I didn't say that at all. What was interesting was that reviewing was a bit of a chore as well, and I thought that was, that was kind of controversial. 
<laughs> well, I, I still insist. Well, all right. Put it over to Mark Ellen. How many? <laughs> yeah, case in charge. Case in charge of the reviews you now. Okay. Reviews how, how you know? How often does Mark Ellen bite your arm off saying, "Oh, please <laughs> let me review that"? Hardly he, he, ever. He did one the other day because I literally forced you to do it. He forced me to do it, and I came in two days early. Yeah, it did. So that's not bad. But what used that was so Kate and her uh, producer. Two days early. How many times did you listen to it, Mark? I listened to it many, many times. You read I did. Notes. I read the sleep notes. No, it was a, it was a Bob Dylan uh, compilation of records that he played on his radio shows, all of which I'd heard anyway. So I'm in the clear. But uh, no, I'm going to make. I'm going to. I'm going to change the tenor here. I'm going to make a serious point. All right. Writing about music that you happen to want to write about is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Writing about music just because it happens to have come out this week yeah. and we need another review, which is you know the reality of yeah. producing a magazine or a review section or whatever, is hard work. Yes. Uh, you know, because if you take against something, there is nothing worse than being forced to you know listen to it three times. It's like if you go to see a film, right? <laughs> and you don't particularly like it, you know, you're not taking with it. And somebody says, tell you what, go straight back in and watch, watch it, again. it again. Do you start to, do you start to absolutely hate it more? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's so in the MG providing my phone. Yeah. Uh, people are actually uh, text messaging, although we're not live at the moment. They can already tell. We're like, that's a joke. David, yeah. Yeah. we're just joking. But the other thing that was, like, <laughs> this, this Black Crows business was that, um, <clears throat> Nobody could get hold of that album, but this is brought up on the website as well because it was a playback only thing. Oh, um, I, there was definitely was it? Was yeah, one, it was. No, I, I was amazed that they were they were uh, bothering me. I, I wrote to them and I said, "Can I have a copy of this so we can review it?" And they said, um, "There'll be there'll be uh, a limited number of tracks available on a playback on the thirteenth of February or something." Ladies like and gentlemen, that. this is the Black, the Black Crows, Crows. <laughs> sixth album. Yeah. Okay. And so we just said, "Sod it, we're not going to do it." So this is the this is the trend that's happening Which, at the moment. Also, and, can I say that is the right decision? Because literally who cares about yeah. being first one on the block with a Black Crows review surely it's better to wait till the album comes out not obviously what TV that would suggest <laughs> but to wait till the album physically comes out listen to it and then with the benefit of live it, with it live well. with it Kate precisely live with the Black Crows that's a hideous but literally idea. literally <laughs> it's a serious the point there because forcing yourself to kind of you know to so to speak lean towards a record yeah. It's a very unnatural thing to do. It's not reading a book. It's not the same at all. Mm. You know, a pop record, that's the way most people hear it. Yeah, you play it, you play it again, you play it in the car or whatever, you don't yeah. play it for a little while. Then after a while you hear a bit and you think, that's rather good. Yeah, and then exactly. you go, you know, it's only about the eighth time that you go and yeah. listen with your full faculties and it kind of creeps up on you. Whereas the notion of reviewing, particularly reviewing on the kind of industrial basis that people increasingly have to do it, mm. because there's so many damn records. Yeah. It's like doing exams. Yeah. You know, it's, it, turn over the paper, you've got 40 minutes, you know, to, to listen to this, this new record, form a view about it yeah. that Crush is a fair view. I, it's a very hard thing to do, it you is. know, to do it dutifully. Whereas, you know, I find myself increasingly, I want to write about music, but it's very often music that is, as far as the normal release procedure is concerned, gone past. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three months ago, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just a little bit later when I when I get to hear it, or I form some kind of view about yeah. it. You know, the 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 thing I find most depressing is once a year you'll invariably get called in on some kind of radio program at the end of the year, review of the albums of the year, and you find yourself sitting there with somebody from a broadsheet newspaper and somebody from the radio. And these are guys who you know, spend their lives wandering around the West End of London with tote bags full of records and CDs. And just, and they'll always say, have you heard the new so-and-so? 
Have you heard the new sensor? Have you heard the new sensor? And I find it the most depressing conversation you can ever have with anybody, you know. Yeah. But no, I do agree with that. And I have to say, in Defence Word magazine, that it has a, a, a casting system, which is very unlike that, which Kate would back me up, which is that people put in for the records of most wanted reviews. And they're not just to be sent a load of stuff, which used to happen to me when yeah. I was at NME. I was just given, these are your records. I don't like Wishbone Ash. Do it. <laughs> but it's Wishbone Ash. Do it. Why bother to do it at all? Do you know what I mean? And the problem was that people used to develop a way of writing whereby, and this happens all over the place, actually, whereby they've effectively written the review anyway. And all they're doing is looking for two or three examples to patch into this thing that's yeah. already constructed in their head to prove their points. Yes. Which is that the back, Black Crows, or name of group here, um, uh, have completely lost the plot, and they're on the back burner and are a busted flush. All I need is to find one bad track the name of which yes. I can then insert, which proves the fact yes. that the black crows are on the slide. Yeah. And that, I, I can kind of smell those reviews when I read them, actually. I can, yeah. There's a reek of kind of just somebody having to sit there and literally play the plastic piano, just yeah. whack it out. Now, know? Kate, you've probably never worked at a weekly. No. no? Have, you, uh, have you ever reviewed the singles? You've never done that, really. No, no, you no, see, no. You see, no. Now, Mark and I go far enough back that, you know, writing for NME and sounds and smash hits and, and various things like that, that you used to crave... The privilege of reviewing the singles, didn't you? <laughs> Why was that different? Well, because you used to think it was so exciting, because Danny Baker or whatever used to do it occasionally in, in the NME. And it was just, basically, it was an excuse to show off. Yeah. I, I'm not knocking it. It was incredibly entertaining reading. It was. You know, if people who could do it, you know, it's kind of line up in my crosshairs next. Who, who have I got next? Yeah. So how Reckless many words Eric. did you get for a single? Oh, 50, 50, 50 words for a single. You know, which, and you could genuinely enthuse about something you genuinely want to enthuse about. And then you could just dismiss or mm. get rid of your cheap jokes and anything that you didn't. Yeah. And if anybody came along, you know, if you knew Cliff Richard record came along, it was like a shooting gallery, you know. And so you were desperate. Desperate to do this, yeah. and after a while, they would they would decide you had gone far enough up the totem pole, up the greasy yeah. totem pole <laughs> of, yeah. of you'd be the pecking order. You'd be allowed to do it, and you'd do it, and it was the most fun you could have with your clothes on. You know, it was just <laughs> absolutely brilliant. It was good because <coughs> and you then they'd really ask you again, to say something nice about three or four of them. Yes, and they were always by Comsat Angels or Joy Division. Ian Dury, yeah, yeah, Ian Dury in the block. Oh, about ten. twenty or something. Yeah. But also, there was a thing. I, 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 we may even discuss it on podcasts before. I hope not. I, but I can remember <laughs> that it really used to get to you because I can remember that the, there was a lot of pressure. You had to sit there and just hungry and hungry these records and decide what you're going to do. And I lived in a house with with the great Tom Hibbert. And for some reason, we had a, a, a bloke staying there who had a, a, a gun. I told him. No. He had a gun. He had a, a rifle. He was going. It was a sort of hell's angel. who was going out with my friend Julia. And Julia brought this bloke and I said, Julia, he's all right. I tell you what, he's got a gun. She said, yeah, he's a bit of a wild card, but he's quite good. <laughs> anyway, well done. Hibbs and I had jointly reviewed the singles for New Music News. I can remember the pressure this had got to us. And I said to Hibbs down the bottom of this garden. Right? <laughs> oh, you can see what's coming up there. And there were 12 inches. We only chose the 12 inches. got more chance of hitting them. There's a clue there, right? And Hibbs went down there. We used to, we used to call it clay pigeon shooting, right? And Hibbs was down down the bottom of the garden with a 12-inch single. Doctor, Doctor, 12-inch mix by the Thompson Twins. I have a big pocket of shells. This freaking great gun. Pull up into the air. We go Thompson Twins. I go... <laughs> But this is very funny because that's exactly the analogy I thought goes on in the office when we're putting new records on the machine to play. It's like clay pigeon shooting. So, you know, you put something on, you feel, you think, oh, I'm making a choice here because I think this sounds pretty good. And then within it's two minutes it's taken off and you feel terribly embarrassed. It's absolutely, no, it's, it's, the worst, it's the worst way to listen to music. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, just by virtue of sheer practicality the way you end up having to do it. And I've, you know, I see it happen all the time because we're, 
if it's hard enough for one person to decide about whether a record's any good, it's impossible for four. Five people to do it. You know, because all they'll do is, you know, the loudest voice or whatever. Exactly. You know, the person that thinks the, the smartest arsed comment <laughs> will will win the day. And forever, that record will be known as the one that Sansa sets herself about. Yeah. And then what will happen, actually, is nothing will be said about it for three months. Yeah. And then somebody Someone will quietly, will quietly go, I actually think it's quite good. So it happened to Elbow recently, didn't it? Did it because basically somewhere along the line, I think somebody built up a resentment to Elbow. Anybody yeah. called, called Elbow. Elbow? Yeah. Partly me, actually. And I I'm very, was you. It was me. I'm, yeah, it was me. <laughs> sorry, Elbow. If you're listening, I'm sorry. I just thought, I will not listen <coughs> to a group called Elbow. Called Elbow. What, There's named after, no way. bands named after body parts. After body parts. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, there must be others that we've left through. Ankle, yeah. obviously. So uh, did toe you fat. Did you remember Toe Fat? What group called Toe Fat? Heart. Did you stop? Heart. We're going to do the whole thing now, are we? But so there must be lots more. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's going to be quite. Well. We're all trying to think of body parts. I'm sure, uh, listeners, you're all doing the same. There are. Yeah, so other, I, I do it. Do it. Badfinger. Badfinger. Is that a good name? For let's bad. just be quiet. Why is Badfinger a good name? An elbow. Let's just one. be quiet for a second to let everybody listen to the podcast. Try and think of a group named after a body part. Okay. 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 Shh. Okay. Okay, we'll carry on. <laughs> it's like a minute silence in a football match. We all went very respectful. If you thought of one, get in touch with the website wordmagazine.co.uk. But anyway, snap judgments about elbow. You were talking. Well, no, that, it's also true that I mean, I've worked on magazines in the past where, where things were done in a very kind of democratic way. And what we do is, why do you want to think of this idea? And obviously, as you say, if you ask six people what they think of it, is that there's one of them just probably to be contrary is yeah. going to put their hand up and say, I think that's a rough it idea. It is the loudest voice and it's the, the snappiest hand that takes yeah, it yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very that's well, very absolutely confusing. right. Yeah. And I think you need to, I think, I think the best way to do these things is to, is to allow people who feel incredibly strongly about yeah. things to, to, just to, have to their ventilate their yeah. very strong view whether it's negative or positive actually maybe I mean, we should have an hour every day where we're allowed to play our records you know so those marks hours between nine and ten or mine between lots of elbow wall to wall elbow yeah, yeah 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 and then you know andrew can have his two to three or something like that and then nobody can comment on anybody else's views during okay hey, I like, now what would you play kate in your hour well, the first three in tracks my, in my and we'll hour. gong them off immediately <laughs> come on <laughs> this is the worst. come on play. we'll laugh at you don't even bother putting <laughs> it on the stage yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on let's just see if this is such a good idea oh god yeah what new stuff you mean well, any old thing oh, any old thing I would pay a bit of bluegrass that's fine with um, me obviously you know that yeah 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 so that's yeah. just to get the ocean she's on the side yeah how Kate goes to bluegrass festivals isn't I that do, right I do I do yeah yeah I really like that stuff um, and I would probably even play a bit of uh, modern Swedish prog which would not go down very well yeah, see, that's just to get Rob Fitzpatrick on, on, on side isn't yeah, it yeah 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 when he's had his Cronenberg yeah. you know for breakfast <laughs> yeah. anything Swedish Rob goes for doesn't yeah. he <laughs> he's like Benny Hill or something yeah. Rob you know, yeah. <laughs> every month I would suggest something for the CD it's Swedish Sure. Rob and I had this uh, a bit of a crush on this group called Olara. Do you remember yeah, Olara? Yeah. And they were in fact they were on CD and they made a you really, went to see really good and record. They made a wonderful impression on you. I think. Rob and I decided we'd go and see them, and he was already there with his mate. And I arrived with my mate about half an hour later, and Olara on stage. And I look, you know that awful thing when you look at a band and you just think, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is catastrophic." Why? Because you sometimes they have a mental. I don't think most people and have they a mental didn't image look like you. of what they're going to look like. 
And I really hope no members of Lara are listening, but they didn't look any near, anywhere near what I thought going to look like. Actually. Oh, right. They're quite we plain girl people. singers. They just look normal. And they, they had a like load people. of kind of misfits <laughs> of all different shapes and sizes, you know, looking terribly kind of earnest and rather like a bunch of students who never played before. And I looked across and I could see Rob. I looked at Rob and he mouthed the words, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> And we've never mentioned Olara since. <laughs> In fact, I can only communicate with him through this podcast. <laughs> no, they were literally they're gone. He's erased them from his memory. There's an interesting <laughs> thread on the interesting thread on the website at the moment, wordmagazine.co.uk, about people nominating YouTube clips of, of, of women playing exotic instruments. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> I think they've decided that there's an extra erotic charge <laughs> about about a woman playing the bagpipes or whatever. <laughs> to, into the, into no, this. with a banner like Into this, I must fling, actually. Somebody who's is on, he hot in here? <laughs> somebody I discovered Cold recently. Oh, it's not who's on the CD after next or whatever. I've worked so far ahead with these CDs. Uh, called Amy Levere, an American sort of country singer. Is she She's not the only woman operative. Does she play Sorry? the spoons? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to guess what she played. I, I sent this clip over to Rob and he went, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. like, Rob and I like Leslie Phillips. Rob always Ronnie goes, hello, doesn't he? I, yes, I say hello. Yes, yes. No, she plays the double bass while singing. That's good. Which is not something I've ever seen before. Well, the no, bass player Uncle Earl. Have you Earl seen that before? Say, yeah, bass player Uncle Earl sings and plays double bass. Has her own she's solo the lead album. Singer. Yeah, no, she's only singing on two songs. Ooh. Stop me if I'm in any way boring. A magazine, a website, a podcast, the word. So anyway, two sad deaths um, this week. Uh, Mike Smith out of the Dave Clark Five, mm. and Buddy Miles. Yeah, that's lucky. Somebody told me it was Buddy Guy. I pulled a page out of the magazine, started rolling up his sleeves and doing a Buddy Guy. That would have been worth back to where we started. We? Reviewing dead people who aren't actually dead. Buddy Guy would have been. So that Buddy Mars, who was in the Air Force, I believe, or you know, played with Jimi Hendrix early on, and then formed the Electric Flag, kind of trailblazing jazz rock group. But I find also had this kind of big one-off kind of jam band hit called Them Changers, which is one of those tunes that every bar band in America could play. But actually, I find, doing my research, this, that his greatest claim to fame... What are you laughing at? His greatest claim to fame... It's that reverential silence. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to guess what this is going to be. Is that, apart from playing with Jimi Hendrix, you know, Woodstock, blah, 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 he was in jail for Grand Theft Auto, you know, colourful career, all that, he's best known as the voice of a singing raisin... <laughs> Oh, right. On the advert, which is I run in the those. States for California raisins. Yeah. Did they show those over here? I thought I saw them when I was young. Yeah, maybe they're now them talking crap. You no, you saw, no, you saw the uh, the reissue of the Wilson Pickett single where they animated them all as raisins. Oh, Wilson maybe Pickett, it was. They animated maybe them all as raisins. So Buddy Miles, you know, now no doubt he was paid handsomely for this humiliation. <laughs> or did he just regard it as, you know... It's quite interesting, you know, people... Oh, yeah, when you've done people, time for Grand Theft Auto, a job's a job. A job. <laughs> Being a raisin, not a problem. <laughs> yeah. you know, absolutely. You want me to impersonate fruit? No, literally not any drive, yeah. drive fruit. <laughs> Let me ask you. Um, but, you know, people... It's quite interesting. This this sort of stuff comes up on the website, you know, the, the, about Tonsa's doing an ad. Yeah. And, and I, I do think people sometimes get... I think we expect of musicians so-called standards that we wouldn't expect of ourselves, yeah. you know. Somebody said to me, here's $10,000, come and impersonate a dried piece of dried fruit. Not that they're likely to do so. I won't do apricots. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, darling. I draw the line. Well, <laughs> would you do Everything's it? Everything's sun-dried. 
Would you do it? Of course I'd do it, Dave. I did a martini advert. So would you? We know that Lama's got the job. But frankly, Oh, we've done all that. Oh, we've done it. We've done it. Oh, I'm sorry. Even Matt's bored with that. I'm sorry. But I grew up knowing that the Israelite song is Vitalite. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah, it turned into Vitalite in the 80s, and I actually thought that that was the original song, and I recently discovered that it was all the Israelites, you know. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was pretty good, you know. I liked it just as much as the Israelites. <laughs> it doesn't... I just think we, we should stop getting on our high horse about musicians doing this kind of thing. Well, you know, they're yeah, professional entertainers. For God's sake. What do we expect next, of them? Next edition of, of Word, which comes out, actually, not for a while, about two weeks' time, where you, Dave, have interviewed Elvis Costello. Mm. And there's a wonderful bit of it where Dave says to him, I hear oh, your Warner's back catalogue. Um, has now been taken away from you or something, and they're going to no, mine some. it. They're going to mine it uh, for jingles, ringtones, for ringtones. For <laughs> and you expect Elvis to say, "I know," and I'm absolutely mortified. And he says, uh, "Hope so," or "Fingers crossed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, great mine away, frankly, because you know I don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm a working musician. I need to make money. I'm going to put food on the table. The most recent uh, verse, uh, thing where people threw their toys out the pram was over Jack White. From the White Stripes doing an ad for Coca Cola in the States. Oh, really? Which caused a right fuss. How dare he? The White Stripes. Yeah, it's as yeah, if somehow like, selling the yeah, White Stripes. Like, you know, we kind of expect that of, you know, Gladys Knight and the Pips, but not the White Stripes. But isn't yeah. it partly because They're of the all Beatles? Part of the same thing? It's partly because of the Beatles, isn't it? The Go Beatles on. have set the benchmark here. The Beatles refuse, unless I'm completely mistaken, refuse to allow any of their material. Bruce Springsteen is the other person, actually, to be it's used for advertising. It's more complicated well. than that. The Beatles do you? No, but that's because the Beatles' song catalog was bought by somebody else. Yeah, they, Michael Jackson. Uh, but they, they had plenty of offers, as you can imagine. But it's more complicated than that, actually. The Beatles did not exploit themselves. They were not exploited commercially at the height of their fame for the simple reason that their manager was so useless. <laughs> Seriously, and, Brian Epstein, you know, talk yeah. to other managers, they'll tell you. He, they could have made oh, more money than yeah, the ever could have made. guitars and all that stuff in America. Yeah, he just yeah. Did, well, he did Lost really bad deals. And actually, I've still got the loads of the Beatles' classic singles from the mid-60s, the original parlour phone covers. And what have they all got on the back? All of them. The greatest pop records ever made. You know, I'm talking about She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Probably up to I'm the Walrus. Have they got ads for Emmy Tex cleaning they've material? Certainly, <laughs> they've certainly got ads for Emmy Tex cleaning material, but they've also got ads for Miner's Makeup. Miner's Makeup? Miner's Makeup was on, on the back of, if you find, go to a second hand shop or whatever, go and look at a classic Beatles single from the mid 60s. It's got parlophone on the front. You turn it around. It's got a miner's makeup ad. Is that, yeah. is that makeup for gentlemen who spend a lot of time in the hole in the crowd? Why would a miner wear makeup? I mean, I it's really dark down there. Maybe they just get out. They're going straight to the pub. They surely, they, surely they don't need mascara. <laughs> because they've always got coal dust. Yeah. I remember. Coal, well coal eye. That's where the expression comes from. Coal <laughs> eye. Dust. So you know that they always have that kind of thing. Bruce Springsteen. There is the case that they tried. They wanted to buy. Born, Born in the, the USA, USA to use for Chrysler right. trucks, they I did. think. Absolutely right. And he wouldn't do it. So they, what they did, yeah, what they did was like the people did who were knocked back by Tom Waits was they made records that sound very like him. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why Tom Waits is the interesting case of this because Tom Waits is not presumably not a multimillionaire. I'm sure he's done very well out mm. of people covering his songs and so forth. But he has sued aggressively yes, has, people yeah. who've tried to in any way appropriate his style. You know, to try to pass something off as sounding vaguely yeah. like him, and he he succeeded, hasn't he? He's made a yeah. He's he, you know got huge settlements from companies not just in the states. I think in I think in the huge low countries. Very good publicity as well, because we now all think of him as being noble and uh, true mm. to his art and 
but, in charge of his own destiny. But not Tom, yet, Tom Waits. But it's very easy for the Beatles and Bruce Springsteen, who coin it in any way, to say, no, I'm being, uh, my art is, is too precious to sell. But if you're kind of, you know, Freddie and the Dreamers. Absolutely. Yeah. Then knock it out, mate. Absolutely. Well, I think about the it's amount of uh, modern folk acts who've been made by mobile phone ads. And you know Precisely. Jose yes. Gonzalez and stuff. Vashti Bunyan. He has become a you know, famous person because. Well, of actually, in the in the you know in the days of incredibly formatted radio that we live in nowadays, oddly enough, ironically enough, it's in commerce mm. in ads mm. and hard-nosed Hollywood film producers are responsible for exposing more interesting music than most of the mainstream yeah. radio of the year, because you know if. If a big movie director says he wants so-and-so tune, he's going to have so-and-so but tune. That's because Nobody's going to argue with him. That's really interesting, because that's because if you, make, if you are a radio programmer, you don't want to play anything that sounds that different from what you've just played, because you want to keep... Yes. The, whereas if you're an advertising music executive, you want something that actually sounds really different to what yes. you've just heard. That's so really interesting. You want to, yeah, interrupt the flow. So, uh, something else going on the site at the moment. Things that used to be exciting, but aren't anymore. I don't know if you uh, looked like at this. reviewing records. <laughs> <laughs> this well, to this podcast. This is this podcast. It used to be great. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Was it that was Hepworth, great. Ellen, the same old... Was, well, reviewing <laughs> records still got the same freshness for you, Mark. It has, yeah. do it once every five years. <laughs> if I remember them all. Actually. Viz okay. magazine, after the fir- I think it was after the first issue, but definitely after the first year, Viz magazine's strapline always used to be not as funny as this it used to be. Absolutely brilliant. Very good. One of the ones I saw on the, on the website I thought was good was... Um, uh, the, the fact that it's not exciting having high speed internet anymore because everyone's got it and I love that time when you just did that kind of beep 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 oh yeah oh, oh, that's brilliant ages and ages and ages do that again that's brilliant no no that's my one <laughs> <laughs> well we were because ta- so we were talking about this in the previous podcast weren't we or the one before about you know early adventures with the internet and so yeah on. And Fraser and Andrew and I in the office the other day were trying to remember the first email we ever sent <laughs> And it's, really, and it's quite interesting because it's you. really hard like, to, remember to remember it yeah. because this change that has occurred in the last 15 years, less, has been so all-consuming that it's mm. kind of rubbed out whatever went before. So go on, you can actually My remember. My first email was to you. I can remember this. How did you like, send it? Uh, well, I sent it by email, Dave. That's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why I know was, I didn't sort of, you know, post it to you. That's where the name comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Printed it out. Although I do use that technique. If I can't get people's attention, I print out the email I sent them and I post it to them. <laughs> I did that twice to Chris Morris because I wanted to get his attention. He's very bad at getting back to you, the comedian. It's yeah. satirist, Chris Morris. And he, he doesn't get back. But what he does is he puts out a message to all his friends that how funny he thinks it is. <laughs> See, Mark Allen here keeps posting me his emails. doesn't respond. No, I sent one to you. It must be about 1995, 96. But was this from home or from work? No, no, it was at work. Oh, right, okay. We worked for a company called EMAP, now Bauer. Right, go on. And I sent you a thing saying, hey, look, this is amazing. Yeah, 50 exclamation marks. Yeah, 50 exclamation marks. Cool, blimey, you know, what a crazy world we live in now. And you sent one back saying, very worthy response, which was, don't get rid of the old cocoa tins and string. <laughs> Which I thought was quite good, actually. But you uh, see, I can't remember... Does anybody remember an email client called Eudora? No. Because that was the one that we used in very early days. No. And you used to get an email back, and it was you'd find it hard to work out what was the email and what was the what was yards the... of code that used to come either <laughs> right. side of it. You know, so these, these early memories of the internet... I remember, I was talking to someone the other day who used to publish a magazine aimed at very early adopters of the internet. Mm. And he says, I can remember subbing the line, 
already there are hundreds of websites. <laughs> you know, so there was a time when somebody wrote that yeah. line thinking that the readers would go, no, yeah, can't. Yeah. This thing's catching on. Yeah. It's you not know, like Betamax. It's and do you remember that tomorrow. thing of save it and read it offline because it's cheaper, you know? So yes. You, get, you, <laughs> the page, you unside and then you go and read it. And that's, uh, it's, it's astonishing. I can remember being shown the internet at a company owned by Rupert Murdoch in Camden Town. When it was really was 10 geeks in a room, you know, on kind of user groups and, you know, didn't really have websites. And they said, in the future, we believe it will be possible to have pictures on this. <laughs> and you used to go, no. how, can, how are they going to do that? Now, here's my point. This is 15 years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is... Yesterday, I was, I, was only, I was the only person at Radio One allowed to go on the internet at one point. Really? <laughs> I went to the. I went to the when I went to Radio One. I went to the guys in charge and said, "There's this thing called the internet. I think it'd be a really good idea to kind of if we can get get access to it. You know, we can find out about bands and stuff." And they were like, "Ooh, we don't want everyone doing that." And how long ago? Yeah, they all they all yeah. want a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, how long ago yeah. was that? Fifteen years ago. It's probably less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. So here's here's a, here's a supplementary point, right? Mm. If, if, you know, pictures and YouTube and everything's come along, you know, since then, what are the things that are going to come along in five years' time? If, you know, if the growth is, is so exponential, you know what I mean? What, what's it going to be? I so what's the thing you would like the internet to do I think that it doesn't do at the moment, but might, might do in five years' time? The Go internet's going to be supplanted into your mobile phone, and then your mobile phone's going to be supplanted into your head. And then you won't need anything. You just walk around and kind of like, you know, call people from you. Well, you'd have a chip. Yeah, sort of just a chip behind the, the right eye or something like that, and that'd be everything. Yeah. Seriously? No. <laughs> Okay, this is sounding like sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do I mean him? Yes, I do. Who's that guy who's half an android or something? Him, yeah, yeah. him. That's right. Yeah. What about you, Mark? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I'm not sufficiently up to speed with the internet, though, to predict. I literally, I don't, I don't really use the internet very much, you see. That's the honest truth. You what? I don't really, you know. I don't oh, give that. Why you spend all day? I use Google, that's all. And Wikipedia. Oh, that's not the internet. <laughs> is that the internet? What are you talking about? No. What? We're talking about all... <laughs> Can we call this podcast, Is That the Internet? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm not good about? at the internet, as you know. You know no, but... The, I read an article on, on the Word website uh, this morning. It put me off forever. What it's like it? talking about how everyone ought to review records now. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, that's the kind of stuff that... I was so angry I put my foot <laughs> through my computer screen. <laughs> but I just, it just intrigues me, you know, because these things come along and, and so quickly you take them for granted. Mm. I just remember. So what's what's your answer? Come on. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just remember the fantastic... I suppose you'll be at... You'll be you'll be able to completely lock into being at home as well as being in the office, and yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. All those things will be kind of on all yeah. the time. I don't. You but know do you what I mean. You'll that? know where your children are. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You, you'll you, see your children on your computer screen at any one moment. Well, you if probably you want, yeah. If you want to flick to that tab, you, you, you it, it will probably. I can remember an email. I remember being told in, a, in, a, in some sort of conference by somebody trying to predict the future that it would be possible to make magazines from home. You would all you'd all just send your stuff down a, down a tube, yeah. and you wouldn't actually have to get together and be in the office. And I remember everyone thinking what a wonderful idea that was, <laughs> as if that was in any way a wonderful idea. It's a ridiculous. You idea. hate your colleagues. All they're thinking about is yeah, is that I just don't want to go on the tube. Every day okay, so well, but I mean newspapers. That's effectively how they operate nowadays. So that you know, the, newspapers now have way more contributors than they ever had in the past because they can. So, you know, they have the basic editorial operation at the centre. 
thousands of people. If you're the New York Times called, or the Guardian, it's called a hub. It's called a hub. It's called the BBC, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look at look at the BBC. How many people are, are you know posting in radio programs from home? Yeah. Huge number. Growing all the time. Yeah. gets one piece of work a week and gets paid £25 for it and everyone's happy. You know? Well, <laughs> you know. So, well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'll tell you something that's not as good as it used to be. Free things. Oh, yeah, go on. Someone's uh, just, someone's uh, there was just a time, written a book There was a time when you were told that something was free. You were saying, it's exactly. great. That sounds <laughs> terrific. I mean, I don't have to pay for it. Can I? <laughs> and now, if somebody says to me, you have this, it's free, I run a mile. Whatever it is, if it's free, I automatically will not accept it. Because I now associate the word free uh, with the word valueless. Except, okay, if, okay. Google, if Google come along, right, Google is free, right? Yeah, it's probably. The, the world's biggest brand as proof. No, but that, I don't mean survey that, but nobody's other. standing outside a tube station saying, do you want to get your Google? No, okay. Mate, all right. <laughs> okay. Lucky. It's all yours for nothing. No, they're not. Yeah, come on, have two but for one. Yeah. You get Wikipedia, throw it in for nothing. <laughs> Do you value Google? Just stop us at any point. Do you value <laughs> Google? Of course, I, I wouldn't, I would, without Google, I, would, uh, I wouldn't survive. Well, at least it's, what See, well, it's free. But no, but it may be free, but what I mean is free things. When the, when the, when the uh, not wishing to disparage them by name, but when our great friends on the Sunday newspapers offer me a free DVD, clearly I'm not going to want it, Dave. Why would I want it? If it's free, it's valueless. It must be the one they could get for free was the really good one they'd have to pay for. I'm sorry, is this just, am I being massive? What about the Listeners, help me out here. I'm getting ridiculously <laughs> narrow and appraising glances from the three other people in this room. Apart from Kate Mossman, who's having hysteria. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> uh, well, two things. One, what about the music that we that comes free on the front of the magazine? It's not free. Magazine? It's not free, Matt. So How does that differ with, from, the, from the DVD? No, it's free, it's free because I say at the top of the magazine includes free CD. Right. But I just say that just to make it look exciting to understand. It's not free. It's part of the, it's factored into the cost of the magazine. So, and all our readers are well why aware. Do you, why do you use the word free to make it more exciting? If you just said yourself, you don't find it more exciting. That's me, Dave. I'm not talking about the people. Uh, can I? <laughs> other people love free things. I don't. Talking of free I things. I don't like them. Talking of free I'm a, things. I'm a, I'm a leader, Dave. You know, I lead. Where I go, others follow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm stepping bravely. Do you know, we're not going to record this in the morning territory. anymore. <laughs> Normally we do this in the afternoon, he's a bit tired. Talking he's ready, for, he's ready for a nap. 4.30 in the afternoon, I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> I can only do a podcast, but I've drunk a whole litre of something called Rockstar. <laughs> and that has led to terrible Now, we results. got that for free, and that's yeah, exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, 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 well, it was exciting, yeah. I'm They're now three selling weeks, it at actually. the Roundhouse, apparently. Apparently, Andrew uh, Harris has sent a text message to us. I had a gig at the Roundhouse, they got, I was on draft. Talking of free things, did anybody catch that story about that guy who decided he was going to walk from Bristol to India oh, uh, yes. without any money? And he was going to, because, to emulate um, the Mahama kindness Gandhi, of strangers. And to rely on the kindness of strangers, and it was going to prove <laughs> that actually there Shepton wasn't... Mallet? No, he got to France. And he then realised the one major drawback in his project, that uh, he realised when he got to France, what was it? He couldn't actually talk to French people, <laughs> because he didn't speak any French, and yeah, they thought he was a freeloading. Yeah, <laughs> they the French think, wouldn't like that. They thought he was an asylum seeker. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody turns up on the you know, Dunkirk beach, pulling the pockets inside out, <laughs> spending a hot meal. They'd give him the short shortest <laughs> amount of shrimp. You wouldn't be able to see the amount of shrimp you got. So he's oh, now, shrimp. do you know what he's doing now? <laughs> He's now walking around the coast of, the, of, Brit the, of Britain, and while he's doing that, while he's doing that, what's he teaching himself? I think he's teaching himself French, David. Fine. <laughs> so next time he undertakes this, Matt, he'll get through France. What do you think is the most likely way to get beyond He's going to get to the German border. He's going to go, fuck. <laughs> He might be okay if he goes through French-speaking Switzerland. 
Poor old guy. He hasn't thought it through at all. <laughs> so we're, we're exporting our <laughs> finest minds to the EC. <laughs> I like can it. have that one for free. Oh. Not for free, clearly, because that's a <laughs> <bad thing. laughs> So other, <laughs> other things off the website that used to be exciting but aren't anymore. Time shifting on your, vid- on your video recorder. I don't know what that is. Though. I didn't understand I that. Though. I haven't got a time shift. I don't know what that means. I literally oh, don't have a video oh, recorder. I don't have one. I'm being serious. Okay, Mark. John Norton Mark. is a very funny. <laughs> Shush. Shot. Let me tell you. Yeah, time on. shifting simply means recording something to watch it later. Oh, that's time shifting. Oh, well, I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to, sorry to <laughs> lapse into jargon. <laughs> time shifting. Okay, <laughs> didn't you know? I'm trying to freak the way me out. The way it read to me, I thought it meant literally putting on a scene and speeding it up so people look very fast. Oh, you do that if you want to. Do you know the first video recorder I ever had access to? Do you know how the remote control worked? <laughs> on a wire. It was on a wire. <laughs> was it connected? Ferguson, a Ferguson video. It star? may well have done. Yeah, Ferguson video star. It was oh, connected. Like, a huge <laughs> great cable connected it to the video player. So brilliant. you couldn't get more than four feet away from it. I if you wanted the, to take I another job, got up and walked in front of the telly <laughs> <laughs> in my house. <laughs> So, uh, other things. Um, space shuttle flights used to be really exciting. Now a ten a penny. Oh, 35 right. people joining Paul McCartney on stage for the chorus that's, of Hey yeah, Jude. You know, the, you can't yeah, move. No, it's on telly right. every night, isn't yeah. it? It used to be a bit of an event. Live 8 being much more boring than Live 8. It's true. Yeah. Ma- Madonna reinventing herself. You know what I mean? Well, she hasn't yeah, got that again. She has. She's got a new record coming out. <laughs> then what, you know, the world... As a member of the Claxons. <laughs> Well, it probably just means she's had a Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> she is Camilla Parker Bowles. I'm talking about you. Spending time in airports before flying. Yes. Well, you used to be excited. I used to fly. I love really. that. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's the world's most tedious thing. When I was uh, when I was living in Brighton, managing a, 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 a terrible rock band, actually, uh, we had we had so little money. We were so poor. We lived in a cardboard box. What we used to do is we used to go to Gatwick Airport for the day. It was quite cheap to get there on the train, and we would just pretend to be flying somewhere. <laughs> And we used, to treat, we used to allow ourselves one cocktail. We used to go to the cocktail bar. We'd all have one would have a sort of red drink and one would have a blue. That was itself was exciting. Do you remember yeah, drinks yeah. were blue? Well, you would, yeah, you, no, no, no. About, no, in 1982, cocktails were invented. And I reckon before, Simon Le Bon said everything was black and white. <laughs> everything was black and white, yeah. The world was black and white. And suddenly drinks were bright blue. The only trouble is if you drank more than three of them, you felt terrifically unwell. Yeah, That's yeah. partly because you're just basically drinking sort of poisonous, toxic food diet. That's like, raspberry. You know, there's, there's, there's a reason, reason that no soon. food is blue in nature. Go on. There's no food. No, well, because blue is, is mould. Oh, okay. So yeah. actually, that's why uh, catering plasters are blue, aren't they? Precisely. How do we get to the colour of mould? <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> once God. lived... Dave, we're going to talk about this. Uh, this is the most pretentious thing I've ever done in my life, I think. I once lived in a hippie commune, and we decided to dye all our food like a really interesting... <laughs> no, okay, you're laughing, Dave, but that's, like, really cynical, okay? What we do... I don't think why this is so funny. We had, like, blue bread, right? And, like, green butter. And we, but unfortunately, we spread it on. It sort of went purple. And, like, we had green milk and, like, blue tea and everything, right? And we thought it was, like, really amazing, you know? And, uh, yeah, this didn't catch on, did it? <laughs> Have you never done that? No. I can't say I have. Sainsbury's did a blue. Probably when I was about five. Yeah, about five. Well, I was 19. (laughs) The Word. A magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life. I don't know if I told this one before. Kate, you're you're relatively new to this game. Has... Has a rock star that you've written about or anybody ever sought, uh, turned up to take revenge on you? 
Not yet. Right, It okay. may happen. It's happened to Mark and myself. Yeah, we've been uh, physically threatened by Jimmy Percy. Yeah, I've been held, held against a, a door by Jimmy Percy. Yeah, I've been, years I've been duffed up by the psychedelic firm. <laughs> yeah, more than one psychedelic firm. So but anyway... Markedly unfair. <laughs> but anyway, my favourite mm. is going back to about 1977, 8, something like that. I went to Holland to write about Lena Lovitch making a film with Nina Hagen oh, yeah. and Herman Brood. Ooh, yeah. Dangerous. It's a, it's a bit of a cocktail of, you yeah. know, kind of Euro European pop. madness. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. security on the film set outside Amsterdam was provided by the Dutch chapter of the Hells Angels. Those were the days. <laughs> Lovely lads. And I did a silly thing. Yeah. Sweet ass yeah. underneath it all. <laughs> I did a silly thing and I wrote this feature for Sounds mm. newspaper. And I included a bit of hearsay about the Dutch Hells Angels, which was published. And um, which, which ran? And Do you want to repeat, want to repeat this Bible, <laughs> I honestly can't even remember it. And uh, I, I happened to be in the Sounds office one day. You know, hanging about like Johnny Freelance does, you know, looking for work. Like they hang around your desk, yeah, you know, yeah. give us a CD, yeah. please. You can know. go for lunch sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the area for the next four hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. Now, I was doing that, and reception rang up, said, Is David Hepworth there? Johnny yeah. Freelance, who was hardly ever there. Yes, he is, as a matter of fact. Oh, <laughs> Me thinking, oh, great, I've got a free right, record yeah. or something. Got you know? I've got... the Dutch <laughs> <laughs> They said, there's somebody down here to see you. <laughs> I said, who is it? They that said... A billion cues. He, and then they, they heard, I heard the person put... The, the, <laughs> I heard the receptionist put the hand over the thing, you know. Who is it? <laughs> you know, I guess... It's the Dutch Hell's Angel. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> and, uh, and I looked around at Alan Lewis and Pete Silverton, whoever else. Gary Bushel was probably there at the time. <laughs> Dutch Hell's Angels. And they said, smirk all over there. <laughs> well, you better you're go, you better go time, and see. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No solidarity in the press here, mate. We're going down the pub. <laughs> um, and I had to go downstairs. And, uh, and they were they were... They were as civilised as... They can get away with being yeah, absolutely... quite polite. Did they pelt you with dairy products? <laughs> I thought you had a run-in with the Hells Angels in that chicken shop. I did have a run-in. That's Remember that from Christmas lunch? True. Was that Christmas lunch? It was, Well, yeah. I didn't know. That was when I was 16. We were 16. doing crappiest jobs you've ever had oh, yeah, at the time. Yeah, I worked, when I was 16, I worked in the Kentucky Fried Chicken, which was a brand new thing. It was quite exciting. In Fleet, in Hampshire. See, that's not exciting anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. You're right. Yeah. Oh, oh life has lost yeah. its and, same. And I was working. I was the chicken... Where's the magic gone? Yeah. And if a man is tired of KFC, he's tired of life. But the, the Aldershot chapter of the Hells Angels are known as the Devil's Disciples, mm. who used to dress. This was pre the law where you had to wear crash helmets. My God, a long time ago. And they used to wear Viking helmets with <laughs> horns and huge wooden swords thrust into their generous belts. It's ten, Temple Tudor. Yeah, Temple Tudor, yes. The swords were thrust in. Throwing the baby out with bathwater. And they drove over from Aldershot, came into the Kentucky Fried Chicken Shop, and demanded Dave with menaces four portions of Kentucky Fried Chicken, which they were not prepared to pay for. <laughs> so my, 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 I thought, quite astute uh, perspective on this, 86, was, tell you what, have it, mate. <laughs> have it on us. It's finger
finger licking good. They were expecting something a bit more. Yeah, you have to say that it was finger licking good. This is the catchphrase. It was Colonel. Yeah, there was. Oh, yeah. It was Colonel Sanders. Do you remember him? Is he still going? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Well, he's not still going. All right, well, they had a cutout. Alex Simon, Kentucky Fried Chicken, was a cutout of Colonel Sanders. It was a six foot two Howard cutout. And they just invented a new thing, which was barbecued beans. This was their new promotion, right? Uh, no, I can remember it very vividly. And he had a, two balloons, big balloons coming out of his mouth. <laughs> one said, it's finger looking good. The other one said, have yourself a bean feast on the colonel. Which was an American expression. Meaning, it doesn't sound very nice, does it? It does. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not literally on the colonel. They use a table. No, but anyway. So, they, uh, yeah, and these guys arrived. And they, 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 they helped themselves to their free chicken. And then the next thing we do is the police had rung up and said, had we seen any Hells Angels recently? Because a, a chapter of Hells Angels was on its way back, back to all the fleets. A, eating legs of fried chicken, and Amanda suggested they hadn't paid for them. But B, strapped to the sissy bar of one of these giant shoppers was a six foot two plywood cutout of a American gentleman with a bootlace bow tie. Well, I just I thought I it was going did, did, did the Hells Angels take the free complimentary hand towel? <laughs> <laughs> Quite a lot of them, actually. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Thank mm-hmm. you.